Hello, we are live. Welcome to Shooting the Shit. It is, um, what day is it? Another day? Monday. It's Monday. It's Monday. Here we are, shooting the shit. <laughs> so we had a whole session planned today and we were going to talk about domestic violence in the workplace and how do we avoid it. Um, and then we thought, you know what, there's just been so much stuff going on on social media, on the news, on the radio, general conversations that we've been having with each other um, about all of the issues that have been thrown up on the back of the Sarah Everard case, particularly uh, victim blaming towards women. And we thought we just cannot have an episode of shooting the shit without addressing this because it is a, a national issue of importance. So here we are. First of all, let's do introductions. Hannah, what's your name and where'd you come from? I am Hannah and I'm going to book the trend of saying where I come from and I'm going to say something good that's happened to me this week. Uh, and because it's only Monday, there's not really a lot to go on, but I did uh, think to hell with the diet because it's bloody freezing. So I ate three brownies. Oh, what flavour brownies were they? Just chocolate brownies? Oh, just chocolate. Yeah, they're only like little bites, but yeah, just chocolate brownies. And do you know what? That bit of sugar and fat and flour made me feel a lot better. <laughs> oh, good. Well, there we go. Well, that's a small, small rewards where you can small get victories, them. Um, yeah. Yes. Joe, what's your name? And are you sticking to your diet? <laughs> I don't know, it's a very intrusive question for a Monday, but... It is, um, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, my name is Joe. Actually, today I am I am attempted to stick to my healthy eating, um, having had a very lovely weekend. So I've got a very healthy spag bowl bubbling away on the stove. Mm. And I think another win is I've got another load of washing on. I'm feeling good oh. about work from home today. It's a it's yeah. good day. It well done. And you are smug when you've got the laundry going. Yeah. yeah, and you are beautifully coordinated with your hair, lipstick and jumper coordination there. So and well what done. I assume is the budget box in the background over your left shoulder. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brilliant, thank you. Uh, Chloe, what's your name and um, what good thing has happened to you or what diet have you ruined? Um, well, I'm not on a diet, but I've just eaten half a packet of Jaffa cakes. But I am Good going girl. to yoga tonight, and we all know how vigorous that can get, so I'll probably burn it off. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll like, burn it off in five minutes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, doesn't it take, like, three marathons or something to to uh, work off uh, a packet of biscuits or something? They were. Oh I was listening God. to a, a podcast about calories in and calories out, and people always underestimate how many uh, how much exercise they need to do in order to burn off the calories they've just eaten. So, oh, yeah, uh, massively. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, I could rant on about calories in, calories out being a myth for ages, but I shan't. That's, <laughs> that's another podcast we'll do. That's yes, that's absolutely not what we're here for. Okay, um, and I am Rachel, and today I don't know what's happened good today. I've had a shitter of a week last week, yeah. um, and I am just I uh, I was raging at the world last night, so I I went to bed, um, and and I'm just doing deep breathing this week. But we've got our grow traffic team day coming up on Wednesday, which is probably just going to be lunch in a pub, but I don't care because I'm just really looking forward to seeing all of my work colleagues. Uh, lunch so in there a we pub go. is pretty exciting. I've still lunch in pub is, yeah, yeah, after the last two years. Anyway, that's enough waffle. Right, we are here to talk about victim blaming. So what is it all about? Now, I, obviously, as I said before, there have been a lot of conversations going on uh, about this recently. And I'd actually managed to hold my tongue until this morning. And, and I saw a, a meme that somebody <coughs> else had put, uh, published, which I will come on to in a sec. Um, and it kind of tipped me over the edge. And I thought, you know what, I've had enough of this. So I had, I had a little bit of a rant 
who here has not had a Facebook rant over the last week with somebody about this? Or not engaged in some sort of commenting? Oh, jo Joanne, you say God. Yeah, I don't very engage. <laughs> yeah. Best possible. I've just felt the need to come to my friend's defence. So she posted uh, a meme that said, uh, all women are told when, you know, sorry, it said something like, women are told that we need to, you know, put our keys through our hands and park under a light and not walk home on our own. When are we going to tell men not to sexually assault women? Mm -hmm. Fair question. And straight away, someone jumped on. Not all men. Not all men. Yeah. Not tarnishing mm. all men with the same brush there. And yeah, exactly. And so not all men has been trending on Twitter for like weeks now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was like, you know, these are scumbags. These aren't men. These are scumbags. And we, and you know, I'm raising sons and I'm not like this. And your son's not like this. And, and my friend was like, yeah, but it's enough men. And the point is that we need to, like, all women have to do this and not all men have to, like, you know, yeah, not all men assault, but it's enough men. And, like, I, this is this is really pissing me off, the fact that the minute we start to say, you know, it's not acceptable to blame women for men's actions, everyone's going, oh, it's not us. It's not no. us. Like, no. one in six women will be raped. That's yeah. a horrible statistic. One in three and a half million people will be attacked by a shark. And one in six women will be raped. But you can bet your bottom dollar, if I see a shark, I'm going to assume I'm going to be raped. And yeah, you know, not <laughs> raped. Raped by sharks. Hashtag not all sharks rape women. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you are you know absolutely I mean? right. Yeah, and you it, see where I'm going with this. I see where you're going with it. I absolutely do. And, and you know, there are some absolutely terrifying statistics. Um, so far in uh, 2021, a woman has been killed by a male um, and that's you know femicide so it's a male specifically killing a woman because she is a woman so either you know it's domestic violence gone wrong or it's rape or whatever it might be um, domestic uh, violence gone wrong because so many times it goes yes, so it, right it goes so right people set off with the best of intentions and it goes wrong um, but yeah anyway so you know a woman is killed by femicide once every two and a half days in this country this year that i mean which is just completely terrifying and that's not even taken into account that's the women that were killed that's not taken into account the number of women who've been raped who've been attacked who felt you know uh, verbally at risk by uh, a male partner or whatever so this is just the women that actually get killed so the the statistics are terrifying um, and what always happens is then that we find some way of blaming this on the woman i mean Somebody, somebody, define victim blaming for me, Hannah. I was somebody, <laughs> Hannah. <laughs> victim blaming is blaming the victim that their actions yeah. in some way contributed to the outcome or um, instigated the actions of somebody else, and it's bullshit. Yeah. And I know I don't need to explain this, but it's bullshit because. Nobody else was responsible for anybody else's actions. And that's the bottom line. I don't care if you are drunk, if you are wearing a short skirt, if you don't say no loud enough. Nobody is responsible for anybody else's actions, no matter how provoked you are. And that is kind of the basis of, of law, of like of the law in the country, that you are responsible for your own actions. Yes. Uh, and so and that's it, yeah. 
It is, absolutely. And the thing is that we have come a long way in this. So, you know, when, when we look back, and when I say we look back, if we think about, you know, our grandparents' generations, our grandmothers' generations, you know, domestic violence was normal. And if you got beaten up by your husband and you went to your mum or your auntie or whatever to say, my husband beat me up last night, they're going to say, well, what did you do? You know, did you burn the casserole? Did you not iron his shirt? What did you do to provoke it? And it was so just endemic. It was it was understood that was the way the world was. Women would be blamed for all these situations. And we have come on massively far since then. You know, nowadays, domestic violence is not tolerated. And it is, you know, even the police will take it seriously. You know, you know they'll go out, they'll deal with it, they'll remove either the woman or the man from the situation. So we have made massive strides in that. I disagree with that, actually. I don't think i don't think i think it is tolerated in a lot of circles and i think the police don't take it seriously and like even i was listening to um that mace song bad 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 boys and one of the lines in it is i've never been arrested for non-domestic and then he and then mason puff daddy laugh that song is like 20 years old like and that was acceptable then and it's still being played on the radio now and no one is like calling it out that the, these two people are laughing about the fact that they're beating up their you know women's so actually i think it is accepted in a lot of circles it's swept under the carpet the police on a lot of a lot of times don't take it seriously because because powers are limited because it's you know not a lot of time because the police resources are so low and 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 because a lot of it goes unreported so i think we've moved on because you know maybe society goes that's naughty but i don't actually think we've moved on that much well no, I, yeah. I agree with hannah um as well like it's shocking when a woman is raped and murdered like when she's dragged off the street but the vast majority of women murdered by men are murdered in their own homes by someone they know. Yeah. And it all stems from domestic abuse. And like when Sarah Everard were murdered, the, the main thing was she was just walking home. But does that mean that the women murdered in the home? Like, why is that more accepted? Mm. Yeah. Like that. Well, I, I mean, I think realistically, it's just become more subtle, hasn't it? That's the thing. It's not that necessarily we've become any better at it. You know, up until very recently, what a woman was wearing would be a valid defence for rape in a court of law. Now, there is a there is a you know, a, a campaign going to not allow that to even be submitted as evidence, what she was wearing. Um, but it still kind of might be. But when we look at the kind of the, the narratives that have come out around Sarah Everard this weekend and some of the memes and some of the advice to women, I mean, it's clear that that underlying narrative that there must still be something that she's done wrong, mustn't there? There must still be some way that she was, even that, like as you just said, Chloe, that whole hashtag of she was just walking home, that in itself, that was meant to be empowering, but that in itself implies she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, part of the part of the outrage I felt at the time, I, I saw this phrase a lot. She did everything right, like yes. you know, she she texted someone, she walked home the right way, like you know, she she was wearing jeans, she did everything right. No, like fucking hell, like you could walk down the street naked and you'd be doing everything right. It's the person that attacks you that's doing the thing that's wrong. Like, yeah. why is it, you know, the virtue of the woman who's attacked? And I wonder if she'd have been a sex worker or if she'd have been black or if she'd have been poor or ugly, would people have minded as much? Like, the, like I was listening to Woman's Hour 
um, on Friday and they were talking about this case quite a lot and they kept saying, you know, this beautiful woman, this young, beautiful woman, you know, if she'd have looked like the back end of a bus, who would have cared? Like, would people have cared as much? I'm not saying that they they necessarily wouldn't. Well, no, they wouldn't. And this is the point, you know, the reason that we know so much about the Sarah Everard case and not the 180 other women that have been killed this year in this country at the hands of men is because she was young and she was blonde and she was pretty and she was middle class you know think about all of those black women and poor women and disabled women who've been killed that we don't hear about because they're not it's not a newsworthy story is it it's a bit like um what's her name the little girl maddie mccann you know how many children go missing every year we know about her because she was blonde and she was blue-eyed and she was beautiful and she makes a good news story and her parents had resources yeah exactly exactly so yeah there is an absolute you know massive amount of that but um i think as well when we when we look at i mean some of the give me some of the kind of narratives that you've heard the bits of advice that you've seen on on facebook or in the news recently joe you've not spoken yet have you seen anything any bits of advice to women about what we should do to stop ourselves being raped and murdered well like I say, I try not to engage with a lot of what I see on Facebook because I think it just leads to a terrible case of indigestion. Um, and <laughs> but, you know, there is the, you know, let's talk about the advice that's been put out by the police. And just, I actually couldn't believe what I was hearing um, of all the things you should be doing if you're, I mean, like some of, yeah, it's practical advice, but it's, I don't know. I just felt like a bit like I was going out of my mind listening to it, and yeah. um, like waving a bus down. Yeah, waving yeah. a bus down. Yeah. Run, just run. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was sat with my my husband, who is a uh, a detective for the Met, and I was just like doing a lot of this, and he was also just listening. I was it's just not the words for it, really, because, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he the one thing he did interject and say, he said, you'll soon know if it's a proper copper when backup arrive, you know, mm. because if there's someone resisting an arrest, they'll call back up, people will show up. And I was like, a useful piece of information to think, oh, well, then this, 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 this shit is yes. real. As you, or as you've been bundled into the car and you suddenly think, actually, no backup arrived. This must not be real. What are you going to do at that point? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, so it was sort of the advice around now, not only do we need to think about uh, where we're going to walk at night. Is it lit? Have we got our keys between our hands? Have we rang or whoever to let them know who we are? We've now got to have a checklist of every person we meet to make sure that they are who they say they are. And yeah. it's just like, oh my God, it's just so exhausting being being a woman. It's just yeah. so exhausting. Or being a vulnerable individual. I mean, there's a lot, lot of you know groups that are victimized. And I see that Samara's put in the comments, I'm lobbying lobbying to make misogyny a hate crime. Yeah, yeah it's right a hate crime. And I know there's a lot, and it's a very sensitive subject because in this particular case. The murderer was the police, but also on the, to give the police more um, uh, strength on the misogyny side so that they can help hold people properly accountable. 
Yeah. I know it, I mean, it doesn't help when it's one of their own. But. but this is the problem, isn't it? And this is one of the things I wanted us to talk about because the police absolutely have not helped themselves in this situation. The statements that they put out have been really poorly judged. But actually, this is a much wider issue. And I think what's yeah. happening to this debate, in a way, we're getting sidetracked by then going into the arguments about the police and, oh, well, not everybody fell out with GPs after Harold Shipman. Well, actually, a lot of people did stop going to the GP after Harold Shipman because there was massive um, thing about it. But, you know, that, again, we're sidetracking the issue then. We're going down the not all police route when actually that is not the argument. Um, somebody made, I put, I put a post on Facebook before, somebody made a really good point on it, Michael Hepworth. And he said that he, he works with vulnerable adults in the community, adults with learning difficulties. And he said they never go into a vulnerable adult's home by themselves, especially not male on, on female. If they are needing to go and talk to a vulnerable adult, uh, they will go in pairs, they will make sure they're safe, they'll make sure everything's, you know, reported and blah, blah, blah. Now, Samara's made a really good point that, you know, we don't want to infantilize women. We don't want to kind of create this other level of misogyny, but actually that, if we're saying that, you know, if a woman encounters a policeman on her own, she's got to, you know, make it, make herself safe and scream and check he's right and then call for backup and blah, blah, blah. Actually, that power lies with the policeman. So actually, it's, it's the police's responsibility to make those changes and to institutionalise those and to make sure they are dealing with women in a safe way. But again, we're getting kind of off the issue, aren't we? I feel, I don't know, Hannah, yeah. you want to talk about not all men and not all police and all well, the rest of it. I mean, the issue is, is that... 50% of the population are vulnerable because 50% of the population can't fucking control themselves. Like, yes. this is the issue. The issue is not the police. Like, I think it was more than ill-judged Cressida Dick coming out and saying that and that statement that they released. I think that is indicative of a systemic problem. Yeah. Within the upper, and Pete, Philip, not... Philip Allett, someone's mentioned the police commissioner, Philip Allett, that's oh. the one for Yorkshire, who said that, yeah, women should just be a little bit more aware of the law before they went on a walk so that I they're mean, more empowered. Yeah. yeah. They're this not helping is, themselves. <laughs> this is the problem. The problem is not with individual bobbies in the same way that the problem is not with individual GPs and Harold Shipman didn't make that the problem. The problem is that as a society, we are more than happy for women to be chased down the street, groped in public, gro you know, attacked in lifts or wolf whistled or, cat, you know, and just absolutely like just on a low level and a macro level aggressively attacked at all angles and we're just okay with that as a society like what, what yeah well the other thing is so mad that that response negates the conversation in the first place you know you're, you're taking away the power so if we're saying why are so many women getting raped by men and somebody goes not all men you're then discussing well, of course, it's not all men. Of course, I know that, you know, or I hope that my husband is a nice man and he's not going to go out and rape a woman down a dark alley. Of course, I know that. You're then having a different conversation and we're back to, we're not talking about the actual issue that we started talking about. Again, all of it is just distraction and deflection yeah. and talk about something else. And, it, and, and it's me, really frustrating. And I think as well, like, no, it's not all men. But if you are a woman... And I think this is where the problem happens, that, that men come at this with a level of privilege where they think, you know, oh, I've never had to cross the road if I see a man walking down the other side or whatever. But if you are a woman and you're walking on your own 
uh, down the street at night, you're vulnerable. And so it may as well be all men because you're frightened because literally mm. any man could be the one that drags you off the street by your hair and does God knows what to you. So, you know, yeah, it may as well be all men. And may, Can you know, I just say, I must have been very naive, I don't know, but when it all started kicking off about, um, and the whole of Twitter was talking about how you know, all the lengths women go to to protect themselves, and I said to, to my boyfriend, Tom, I said, I, I was shocked that men go out at night and aren't scared. Yeah. Yes. Like, I could not get my head around the fact that Tom will walk the dog at night time and have no fear that he's going to get attacked. Yeah. Like I yeah. thought it was a universal thing because I can walk the dog during the day and if I'm on a street and I can't see anyone around and there's a man, I'll shit myself. Dali always yeah. says to me, if I'm going out places, Dali always says, oh, leave the car, just get a taxi back. And you're like, I don't want, I don't want to get a taxi 20 minutes from Rotten Stall to Bake Up on my own at night to go into a rural location. I don't want to. You know, of yeah. course, I'm not saying all taxi drivers are rapists. I'm not saying that. But I don't want to be that one woman who's put in that situation. So I will do things to avoid it. And, and it yeah. is absolutely coming from a position of privilege to never have to think about that. I don't want to take the dog out to the front at night for a wee because like cars go past and anyone could be there. Um, mm. And you just like, you just never know, do you? But you know, the chances of it happening now where I live are very, very slim. When I lived in Sheffield, we used to call it Rape Alley because it was just constantly, every weekend constantly there'd be a rape. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so you kind of like that fear was massively amplified in me. And I remember, Rachel, I'd come home to you after like being at uni and I'd be, you know, like looking around and carrying my keys in my fist and like being really cautious, locking the doors as soon as I get in the car. And, and like you had that fear, but not the same level. But in me, that was just because of where we lived and because of like the way that the uni went on and stuff. I think that's a good point. Amplified. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily just that you, uh, you know, were, were in a, a city and I was living in a town. That was a big part of it. But also you were a student. And again, as a woman, you know, you have that in your mind. Even if I get raped now, I know I'm not going to, you know, they're going to say I was drunk. They're going to say I was out too late they're gonna say I was you know wearing a short skirt I shouldn't have left with that man in a taxi from that nightclub because I used to do all of that stuff and it's not just that you know you're slightly more at risk you know that if you are you know if anything does happen you have not got the same recourse to help and then legal response as you would were you in any other situation or being a man or whatever. I mean, they um, give I out fucking that rape alarms in Freshers Week. Why aren't yes, they getting like, yes. like the boys into a room and saying, uh, rape, you guys? I remember, I don't know if it was you or somebody else, and they gave, they were giving women flip-flops because they said at the end of the night, if you are being chased, you cannot run in high heels if you are drunk. So we are giving women flip-flops so that they can better run away from men. And they were giving out like 199 pairs of flip-flops. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. It is so ingrained in society that it is our responsibility to keep ourselves safe, yeah. and that's bollocks. Yeah. It is not my responsibility to stop a murderer from murdering me. It's a fucking human right. It's a basic human right to be safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. is the problem. Like it's like it's our job. 
Yeah. yeah. And then this is the thing. So I did do a little bit of research <gasps> before we came on yeah. about, about, yeah, I know, um, about why we do victim blaming. And, and the psychology is really, really basic. There has been an awful lot of uh, information, uh, research done on this, um, but it's quite easily available. Google it. Uh, but, but, but essentially, it is a, it's an innate human mechanism to, to victim blame. So essentially, what we're doing is keeping ourselves safe by blaming the victim. We're saying, well, they clearly did something wrong. Wrong, and I can avoid doing that and therefore I will not be at the mercy of this and whilst mm. we have kind of low low levels ish of crime it's really easy to do that uh, and it, they also looked into kind of who victim blames and people will victim blame more towards people that they see as lesser than them so for example people who scored high uh, white people who scored quite high on sort of white supremacist belief scores they will victim blame more on uh, black people uh, men will victim blame on women but also women higher up the chain will victim blame on women lower down the chain you know i'm a middle class woman so you know we i'm not going to get raped in waitrose but that slot wearing a short skirt who's drunk outside the pub at 10 o'clock in the morning she's going to get raped because she's done something wrong so it is an innate and understandable kind of human response um but what's what's interesting about it is that that these things reach a kind of mechanism if you like whereby it becomes so endemic in society that we can just no longer see it and I think that's what's happened now with this Sarah Everard case we seem to have reached a watershed where so many women have gone actually if a woman is being murdered every two and a half days we've reached a point where I cannot keep blaming the woman this has to now be a systemic issue yeah it's just I mean such a shame that it's took this long because like victim blaming is one of the main if not the main causes main reasons that so many rape court uh, rape cases never got to court mm. like that is because of victim blaming and that's yeah, been absolutely. building for so many years and now i think it's like one in 25 rape cases go to court like that means 24 rapists are still walking the streets yeah and it is because those women are so scared of being told well mm, you probably and, and, did something to deserve it. And even more than that, Chloe, because the amount of, like, it, that's out of the ones they know have been reported. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the one that, in yeah. 25 is the one that's been reported and deemed that it could get a conviction if going to court. So then there's Absolutely. more that aren't even brought forward. Um, it's, it is really, like, it's sickening. And I can't believe this would have been, what was it, about two years ago now when I went to the um, the WOW Festival, the Women of the World Festival. And it was just just before the pandemic closed everything down. And it was like, you know, the opening talk was, you know, we're talking about a pandemic. At that point, we didn't know quite how many people it was going to take out. But we don't talk about the fact how many women are just getting killed. And we, you, the one in two and a half, one every two and a half days is just the UK, never mind mm. the amount of violence against women globally. And it, it is just like, well, we're, we're talking about a pandemic and, and a, a, a germ, a virus that can kill us, but we are much more likely to die. Yes from you know that 50 percent of the population yeah and yeah, that's such a good point. absolutely and the other thing is i think that that you know this kind of victim blaming allows us to keep issues much smaller generally so it's a little bit like you know with the petrol crisis now uh, i was in a petrol station the other day and there was a man there and he was getting really wound up about people who were filling their petrol tanks up to the top and people who were taking jerry cans and filling them up and he was saying he was going to punch the next person he saw who was filling 
a jerry can openly in the petrol station uh, and i said you know well what about farmers who need to keep their jennies running to keep their animals alive you know the people have a legitimate reason for filling up jerry cans but this is it you know if i can blame this if i can blame roger down the road i do not have to address that there is a massive systemic issue going on here as to why there is not enough petrol at the petrol station and it's the same thing now isn't it if we can just blame janice because janice shouldn't have been out late at night we don't have to deal with it we don't have to accept that actually there's a massive problem at the heart of our system which is misogyny um, that we need to start dealing with because that's too big that's too big a thing to tackle but we can tell janice to put on some trousers can't yeah. we yeah so what but what can we do about it? what can we like, do about it this is it this is this, this is the no, absolute like um, like let's brainstorm come on yeah. girls let's fix well, this well i've got some ideas oh, no, sorry, sorry. um so like i said earlier the majority of women murdered it is usually the partner or like it's usually domestic abuse and you know it gets too far um and i think when i looked into it like there is just not enough domestic abuse services that yes. are funded and that help people Agree. And there is so many gaps where women just like, and, and again, with the victim blaming people say, well, why didn't she leave before it got that bad? Like, where is she going to go if there's no service yeah. to help her? Um, yeah. So I think maybe lobbying for more funding for domestic services could be yeah. a good place to start. That's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was listening to it. Sorry, oh, go on. Sorry. I was going to say, like, on that same kind of um, like theme, I don't think lobbying for like more funding for the police would be a, would go out of like you know would be the wrong thing to do well eh, i think we need to i think we oh, fucking ask someone what we need me. to do the police no, we need, need more have, resources the police need more resources but also mental health services do yeah. you know I, I know of a situation that happened recently where the police were at somebody's house for about six hours two police officers because there were there weren't sufficient mental health services there and the ambulance had to go because he wasn't an immediate risk you know and, and essentially what he needed was mental health support but there were two officers there weren't trained to help him we weren't then doing police services and this is it when we say defund the police yeah. it's not defund the police because the police are shit and they shouldn't have it's defund the police because the police should be dealing with crime yeah. and then everything else should be being picked up by a, a national health service and a you know a society that cares about those things so we've absolutely well, got to fund domestic violence even, we've got to fund even, mental health services no go on love go on so by the time the police are involved, a crime has been committed. Yeah, right. It's too. I mean, yes, it needs. It's too late. It's too late. It's the yes. prevention of it needs to come at those those other levels. So, from Chloe's point of view, yes, it's having um, you know safeguards in place for women to try and try you know to get out of their domestic situations. But then you need to go root again because we're already saying that's to get a woman out of a situation. It's to let's stop the men beating and raping women. So yes. the, what you've said about at university in Freshers Week being handed out, here's your pepper spray and your flip-flops, love, so you can run away. Frankly, try running in flip-flops. I'd rather run in here. No! Yeah. That's <laughs> well, yeah, where, are the, where are the let's sit down our young men like, and tell them? like It yeah. is not okay. It is not yeah. okay. I said the other day, like, sex education is so limited in schools. It wasn't something that was big when I was at school. And well, that's you just teaching... Giraffe, didn't you? That's just, te that's just teaching about male and female sex. Like, so if they don't, don't even have that. Don't have a go at the giraffe, Hannah. I will. I will have yeah. a go at the giraffe. We didn't have a giraffe in sex education. All. It was for the body, the human body, keep yourself healthy. 
Yes, that's I, well, why I, I just I always learn about cakes, obviously. Yes, giraffes yes. are the pinnacle of human health. Yes, <laughs> I always learn about but, the human body from giraffes. But as <laughs> I was saying, I think there does need to be more in schools about you know consent and just Absolutely. educating educating people. And yeah. it needs to yeah. be so much earlier than even yes. high school. Like, you yeah. know, the, there's that old adage, show, give me the child until they're five and I'll show you the adult. Like, children, very young children, need to be learning about consent and respect. But more than that, this cycle of deprivation and abuse that, that and, and kind of low low levels of intelligence, not like low levels of education and substance misuse that happens in deprived areas where you typically see pockets of, domestic violence and violence against women and kind of usually stronger that cycle needs breaking so it's not yeah. just about domestic abuse services it's about you know equal opportunities for people and better schools in poorer areas and more opportunities for post-16 um training and jobs and you know just breaking that cycle getting people out of that kind of deprived yeah it is absolutely all of those and of course you know we are all openly fairly socialist so obviously those are going to be the things we're going to say so but but i want to just finish on you know really practically speaking the people watching today what can they do so i you know a couple of things first of all you know we've mentioned better education for boys but talk to them and talk to your talk to both your girls and your boys but you know if you have a primary school child do not be naive enough to think that they have not seen porn because they are watching it regardless of your parental control your children have seen porn so talk to them about it talk to them about their own bodies and their boundaries and respecting other people's bodies um other things other things practically speaking we can do guys go model model good behavior model good attitudes whether you are a man or a woman and you're watching this like if you live with someone who says things in front of your kids that you think hmm, pull them up on it you know publicly in front of your children don't let these attitudes it. yeah challenge it don't let it just seep into the next generation model yeah. model good attitudes talk to them about the news talk to them about appropriate responses and why things like like that chris the dick is saying is wrong and for example you know talk talk to them and model it yourself yeah yeah there's also um sorry go Joe first. Joe first, then Chloe. I was just going to say, just also, you know, catch yourself about the things that you talk about. So I've had this conversation recently with my best friend who's got two young girls. One is school age, one's a bit too young. But we talk, the things that we used to laugh about that used to happen on a night out to us are not acceptable. And we've yes. had a massive conversation about this. She also works for the police. And she has shared now that the number of reports for sexual assault that are coming in, um, from local nightclubs are the type of things we we would have experienced and never reported just put up with up. yeah absolutely we just assumed have been great was part of your night out yeah right? yeah okay and but now it's like you've got you're, we've got to be mindful of what we share about our silly stories because it, it gets passed on that it is acceptable or it was funny that we yeah. you know had to chuck our chips at some guys to stop them sexually molesting us yeah That's, you know, we brushed it off we internalized it at the time of oh it's just what happened it's not okay so being mindful little people absorb like sponges yeah and they internalize that so i just 
You're absolutely right. And I just want to say someone, I can't, I don't know who it is who said it, but someone's made a really good point using the correct terms for body parts when talking to your children. I just want to say that is so important because if you teach, for example, teach your boy that nobody is allowed to touch his winky and then a man comes along and says, well, I'm going to touch your penis. And he's like, well, I don't know what my penis is. So that's fine. My mummy only says, you're not allowed to touch my winky. You know, seriously, teach your children what their bodies are and what they're called and different words for them. And yeah, absolutely, Joe. They listen to everything so we have got to set that example and it's like you know when we talk to women who were in the workplace in the in the 50s and 60s I remember used to talk to my nan and and she was just absolutely you know well of course men are going to shit on you and of course they're going to grope you and blah 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 you know because it was normal for them we've got to be mindful it doesn't it's not normal and we can't pass that attitude on to our daughters Chloe what were you going to say give me give me your final bit before we finish I was just going to say the um, End Violence Against Women website is a really good resource and it's, a, it's yes. an amazing charity. They have like ways you can help, like they're trying to fund a legal challenge against the low level of um, rape cases that make it to court. You know, like they're doing, they're doing real shit that, and that's if you want to Absolutely. try and help, maybe that's a good place to start. There is yeah. also a website that I think is called Counting Dead Women or Count Dead yes, Women, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's doing really good things. The United Nations, actually, you know, um, the United Nations has an amazing ending gender-based violence um, campaign going on and a lot of resources, so they're on there. Um, and I think another thing, you know, just, just call it out on social media. Yeah. If you see it, if you see memes or anything like that, I know <clears throat> we don't always want to get into debates on social media, but you don't have to necessarily enter into that massive debate and go down the rabbit hole you can just say this is not correct or this is not factual or actually that's victim blaming and just your comment will at least just stay there to counter things when you see it um okay we are going to have to finish because i'm supposed to be on another meeting that starts at half four yes hannah weinhold the other thing you could do is join the new sir optimist club yes you can do that yes Yes. If you go to Facebook at the new Sir Optimists, uh, all the information is there. So the Sir Optimist works with the United Nations and we will be doing campaigns to help end gender-based violence. Um, thank you very much to everybody who has commented. There are some amazing comments, amazing comments in there. So please, if you are watching back, you can still comment. We will still read it. We will also post some links to um, some further resources.